A lot of people in the fitness space are messed up in the head. A lot of bodybuilders too, because you have that emotional connection to, I have to look a certain way. And when I don't, like no one's going to love me. You look amazing on stage. And then two days later, you don't look like that. People say to you, well, you don't look like this no more. And I'm like, I don't. (laughs) Like, you're right. Did you pick like a particular coach to help you throughout the prep? My coach is the coach of the athlete Sid Gillian, who won the Miss Olympia for the last seven years. Okay, what about okay? Oh, another scenario. <laughs> so, your partner telling you oh. what you going to the gym for? Who you trying oh. to get sexy for? <laughs> right. And they home being a couch potato. Yeah. Like, how you tell that person to navigate that situation? I um. All right. Welcome back, everyone, to the Fanatic Islanders, your home for sports and sports entertainment. Uh, we are here with you for another sandbar sit down. We have a special guest in the building today. We have Miss Dakel Quant, mm-hmm. a.k.a. <laughs> Bowflex Barbie. How are you today? I am fabulous. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Can't complain. Can't complain. It's good. <laughs> yes, I feel like I feel like there's a good number of people who know you are, but just to get more insight, would you like to tell our audience more about yourself? Uh, sure. So first again, thanks for having me. No problem. Um, so my name is Dakel Quant, also known as Bowflex Barbie. I am a fitness instructor, fitness enthusiast. I've been in the fitness space on my personal fitness journey since I was 14. Um, full-time as a fitness coach um, and in the fitness industry as a professional since 2017. But I started dabbling in training others in 2012. I got the nickname Bowflex Barbie from a college friend in oh. 2010, so it's not original. I cannot take credit. It's a good um, one, though. <laughs> it is. It's stuck. Uh, How does Bowflex actually try to come they have yes. really <laughs> no whoa a little bit i was um, wondering about that <laughs> not like so i've had to make some changes in like the way that i use the name bowflex because because of copyright um from the nautilus brand the people that make the machine mm-hmm. um so i have had a little hiccup with them in marketing um with flyers and stuff like through facebook ads and stuff like that okay. i've got some stuff flagged and had to make some adjustments so yeah, a little bit, but I got the nickname in t- 2010, right when like Instagram was just like starting to take off too. Mm-hmm. Twitter was the big, which is now X, was the big spot at the time. And my friend, <laughs> <laughs> my friend nicknamed me it on the way, I was on the way to the gym and, and he asked me where I was going. I said to work out and he was like, okay, Bowflex Barbie. <laughs> and I was like, I like that. So it stuck. Okay. And when I started getting into training, I just kind of kept it. I made it my social media handles at the time. And then when I started doing like classes, I called them Bowflex Barbie's Bootcamp. And then it just, yeah, it just kind of stuck. Um, so yeah, now I do. I do in-person training, online training of a fitness app, um, fitness merchandise, YouTube. And then I recently launched an activewear line with my best friend called Gym Skirt. So we specialize in fitness skirt sets Apparel, yeah. for women. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, so that's kind of me in a nutshell. Oh, and I'm, I'm a competitive bodybuilder. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Recently. No, no. It's more than that. It's more than recently, that. Recently, recently turned professional. I've been, hey. I've been competing. I've been competing since 2000, who? 2015. Mm-hmm. I really started taking, going to the next level. Serious, I would say, in 2019. The first few years, I just was like, okay, I want to train for something because I've been training since I was 14. Yeah. Um, but... I really started, I set out on the, for, with the goal to become pro, like seriously in 2019, I would say. Okay. 
All right. So with that, like, is your site set on something like Olympia or how far do you want to take it? I would be lying to tell you that I don't want to go to the Olympia. Um, It's a big big goal. um, But... Yeah, I mean, I think any pro athlete that's active on the pro circuit will tell you Olympia is the goal. Like, yeah, yeah, make some money. Of course, make some money on in the circuit. Yeah. Meet some cool people. Go to some cool places. That's on my list too. Um, work with some of my the brands that I want to work with. Um, I always meet a lot of great people through bodybuilding too. So traveling to different places, new places. It's big on my list, but yeah, I want to step on the O stage. Yeah, I'm happy to hear that. <laughs> that's a good thing, <laughs> but. I usually like to say a lot of the time that bodybuilding is kind of an extreme sport in a way. It's very much an extreme sport. <laughs> yeah. So take me through like your prep process up to your competition up to, to where you got it. your pro card. Um, so interesting. It is a very, it's extreme if you're not in the fitness space. I would say the biggest change between someone that's just training for or the biggest difference between someone that's just training for a lifestyle to be healthy and fit yeah. versus bodybuilding is the diet. Yeah, um, for the sure. training itself, for me personally, doesn't tr- doesn't change too much. I mm. do a little bit more cardio when I'm training for a show versus not, but okay. the actual workouts themselves don't change that much. Um, the biggest thing is the diet. It becomes a really restrictive. Yeah. <laughs> really. Um, repetitive. Really boring. You know, it's not exciting. You're eating the same foods. Just about the same foods every day for 16, 12 to 16 weeks, depending on how long you prep. Try chicken breast, rice, um, some broccoli. You know, <laughs> I think people are like finding ways to be more creative now too, okay. like within the restrictions. So, you know, you find ways to make it as exciting as you can while you can, but towards the end, it is just kind of like you lose that connection with food. Like you don't eat food to enjoy it. You just eat it because, you know, you have to. Yeah. At least that's how I get through <laughs> the last couple of weeks it's like okay i'm almost there let's just do what we got to do and finish it but wow. yeah it is it can be extreme in that sense like i think if you're someone that your lifestyle if you're a social person mm-hmm. you kind of become isolated in bodybuilding and that could be hard mentally right because you're not going out every weekend drinking you're not going yeah. out to dinner people are inviting you out and you got to be like well i no. can't go yeah. yeah so this year this show was a little challenging because I did a 16-week prep. Mm-hmm. And in that 16 weeks, I turned 30. So I celebrated my 30th birthday. My husband surprised me with a trip to Costa Rica. And of course, I did not eat prep food in Costa Rica. So, um, <laughs> you know, I had that little week window where I was loving myself, you know. Yeah, man, got to. Had some, you know, drinks, some food. Then he celebrated a birthday a few weeks after me. You celebrated that as well. Yeah. (laughs) That was a little shorter. That was only a weekend. Okay. Uh, What else happened? We we celebrated our anniversary. We didn't didn't go off the rails for that because it was really close to show. Um, So we delayed the celebrations until after. But, you know, stuff happens. People came in to visit. I had other projects. I launched the Active Wear line in that time span. We had Bahamas Fit Fest, our fitness retreat in that Mm -hmm. prep time span. So there was a lot of stuff happening, plus my regular work schedule. So it can be... It can feel extreme when you're juggling a lot of different stuff. If all you're doing is prepping for a show, yeah, it may not be as. <laughs> but True. when you're balancing, you know everything else. Uh, for me, it was business, it was um, work, it was relationships, celebrations, all that stuff. 
I mean, you can look at it in a way to where you feel like that kind of made it easier because you have more to do than others who are probably competing. So I honestly loved, I like being busy because it takes yeah. my mind off of like all the I things <laughs> I can't do. So I actually like it. I mean, it had its moments where you feel like the dra- like it's draining, but yeah. and that's natural because you're at a caloric deficit for so long. So your body is actually tired. Yeah. But I like keeping my mind busy. So I'm not at home just like thinking about all the things I can't do. So Okay. It did have its benefits, yeah. <laughs> All right. So is there, did you pick like a particular coach to help you throughout the prep? Yeah. So I've been working with the same coach for the last three years. Uh-huh. My coach is actually the coach. So I'm in the figure division. My coach is the coach of the athlete, Sid Gillian, who won the Miss Olympia for the last seven years. She won a seventh consecutive title this year. So Wow. He knows, he knows his stuff. <laughs> How did y'all come in contact with one another? So, I mean, he's because he is her coach and has been her coach for the last, I think, 10 years. Mm. Um, so she's been to Olympia more than seven times, um, but she's won the last seven years. Um, so they actually met at the Olympia um, one year when she didn't, before she started winning. And... Um, yeah, and so he he started becoming. He's not big on social media. He gets on social media once a year, maybe wow. to post a photo with her <laughs> when she wins. Um, but a lot of his athletes tag him, and you know when they do shows and stuff. And so people that I follow in the space, I saw them tagging, you know, this guy. And so I'm like, well, who is this guy? Yeah. Then I did my research, and I was like, oh, this is her coach. So yeah, it was really easy. I reached out. They have a whole like team. So it's a team of them about, I don't know, 10 coaches. And you, when you inquire online, you get to select like who you want to work with and mm-hmm. they do a consult with you. And yeah. So he's actually based in Arizona. I've met him. I met him last year at one of my shows. He actually came to help me like on show day. So that was really good. Um, but he has athletes all over the world and he's at shows like almost every weekend, if every not, if not every other weekend. Yeah. So wow. yeah, I've been yeah. working with him. He's really good. I love that he's professional. It ain't no fluff. It ain't no extra stuff. It's just like, this is what we do on this the plan. I check in with him every week. And, yeah. Get it done. Yeah. So I know you said that the diet is probably most the most hardest part. You can handle all the workouts. But how is the posing and all that? Because I know that's difficult for a lot of people. And that's why they don't usually I to... It's practice. Like, no matter how long you've been doing it, you got to practice posing. It's mm-hmm. conditioning. Not just, like, nailing the actual poses. But the conditioning for your body when you get on stage, I will admit I'm not the best with practicing consistently. I practice like the last four weeks. Okay. Um, but you're supposed to practice like straight through prep. Mm-hmm. But I find it hard to pose until I can actually see like all the lines I want to see. Because I feel like I just stand it and I can't see nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I feel like it's not as effective, but it really is. Just like getting your muscles used to holding the poses. Mm-hmm. So if you ever watched bodybuilding, you see like people get up there and they start shaking. Yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah, shaking yeah. uncontrollably. That's usually a sign that they haven't conditioned their bodies to hold in those poses long. And sometimes judges can be ruthless and have you hold in the same pose for long. And yeah. so like you got to practice like we practice minute holds for each pose and reality is most judges will make you hold them maybe 20 to 30 seconds okay but when you practice for that minute your body's like used to it so you're relaxed and you don't look like you're even though you are squeezing every single muscle in your body you don't look like you dying you know like people start sweating passing out like (laughs) that's what i mean looking at if your body's not conditioned like it'll happen so you start getting cramps so the posing is it's important for obviously the presentation itself, but mm. also just making sure you don't look like you die and and that you don't actually, you know, pass out and yeah, yeah, <laughs> have I, serious issues. I be looking and see the veins pop, and I'm like, 
is that person going to be okay? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you gotta remember at that point when you're on stage, you're like depleted. For some people, they stop drinking water. I don't, but mm. some people have like no water in them. Wait, 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 wait. You can't skip over. <laughs> what you mean you still, you still I drink water, yeah. So you don't do the sips or you just. Well, so, so up to some people stop. I had a, a coach that would, when I first started competing, he would tell me, stop drinking water. If my show was Saturday, he'd tell me, stop drinking water from Wednesday. And you was in down for that? And literally, well, I did it because it was oh, my coach. Yeah, so, you know, yeah. I was like, you know what, you're stuck. So I'm going to stop drinking water. And I would literally, like, if I really, my mouth was dry, I would chew gum. I would suck on ice cubes. Like, oh, like you said, if I had to take pills, I would take like a, a mouthful of water. That was okay. all I was drinking. Like, I wasn't chugging back, like, ounces of water. But yeah. the coach I'm with now, like, I drink water up until day before show um it's like we do a water load and deplete so let's say my last show was on a friday so wednesday i had two gallons of water mm. tuesday i had two gallons of water um usually i have one so this is like double but i would usually have a couple days before and then yeah. show was friday so thursday i had i don't know half a gallon or three quarters of a gallon and then i didn't have i had like a Cut sip more yeah. I had a sip in the morning like coffee in the morning a little bit of coconut water in the morning then yeah that was it so i didn't feel like i was dying <laughs> versus <You sure? laughs> versus yeah i mean i had all that water i had two gallons of water from tuesday to, to wednesday well sunday to wednesday uh-huh. i had three quarters of a gallon on the thursday before so just that really that morning of and at that point you're just like and the show is usually early, so you start doing stuff from I don't know five thirty six a.m. So mm. I had coffee, I had a little bit of coconut water in the morning, and I was good. Yeah. <laughs> you sure you ain't just mentally tougher than the regular no, person? No, I, I will tell you first is stopping drinking water from Wednesday and doing that. It's a big okay, a big difference. Yeah, like you okay. just feel like you feel dried up, like which is not a good feeling. So yeah, but some people I know people that don't. They'll stop drinking water two, three days before still. Wow. Yeah. And I'm like, if I don't have to do it and I still look, I don't I don't see why my body looked different or better if I stopped drinking water versus still drinking it. So Okay. I'm like, like why that. would I stop? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I don't blame you there, but seeing you on stage, I'm pretty sure your clients see you and they're like, How do I look like that? Like I'm pretty sure they need to get to a place where it's like, you got to do this for yourself, everybody different, all that mm-hmm. stuff. But when they tell you, how do I look like you? How do you respond to them? I usually tell people, like, unless you are actively preparing for a show, you are not going to look like a bodybuilder. Like, Fair. yeah. I would not look Say like a... <laughs> I would not... Unless you are actively preparing for a show, you are not going to look like a bodybuilder. I would not look like a bodybuilder. And I don't look like... I mean, okay, once I don't. But I don't look like I'm stepping on stage yeah. if I'm not actively getting ready to step on stage. Like, I have a competition season. I have an off season. Mm-hmm. And they are two completely different looks. Um, and people tell me, oh, all the time, I want to train like I'm going to do a show, but I'm exactly. not going to do a show. And yeah. I say, you are not going to do it. Like mentally there's a whole different it's different yeah place in your brain that you have to access in order to tap into that mindset of training for the stage like yeah. you could say you want to do a a watered down version of a prep but even then like it's you ain't gonna be. be as hard on yourself or restrictive and yeah like it's hard so that's why i personally don't train at the time at the, at the moment i don't train people for the stage because i'm still competing and i know how much mm-hmm. it takes yeah. out of me to personally get myself even though i have a coach to get myself through a prep i'm like i can't imagine adding other people's prep stress on top of mine like because i know how much it takes to have to pour into people for that and i'm like yeah. i don't have that in me so when people tell me that i'm like if you really want to do it get a prep coach 
I could help you with your training, which some people do. Like I know professionals, amateurs that have a prep coach and a personal trainer. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm like, I could be your trainer. <laughs> I could help you with the workouts. But, but you need a prep coach. <laughs> yeah. You actually want to do a prep. Like I'm not the person to take you through a prep. Like I said, that may change in the future. Like when I step away from the stage and I could put more into yeah. the other person. But yeah, it's stressful. <laughs> I can tell. So yeah, I tell people that you don't really... if you. If you want to look like a bodybuilder, you're going to need to want to step on stage, like, and be actively preparing to step on stage. You can't, like, halfway step. It's the only step. choice. Yeah. Like, yeah. at least in my experience, I've told myself as a bodybuilder, like, I'm going to do a mini prep to get ready for this, I don't know, photo shoot. I, it never happens. <laughs> like, I'm like, this photo shoot ain't worth it. <laughs> like, yeah. So, I got to do, I got to stick to the business. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what I would say. Unless you plan to step on stage, like get like i would say aspire to have a body that is the process of getting there is enjoyable okay the process of prep is a lot of it is not enjoyable i would say all of it isn't some of it is but for the most part it's not a super fun process so i tell people if you want i would say aspire to yeah to have a body that the process isn't doesn't feel like you die in and like something you could actually sustain because the bodybuilding prep is not sustainable like you go no, through seasons yeah because <laughs> yeah, i saw i i don't know if you being keeping up with larry wheels he did like a he did like a competition recently and it was like mm-hmm. after like two days or so he gained like 40 to 50 pounds okay no and that's, it was like, that's unhealthy <laughs> <laughs> he was like yeah just eating a bunch of stuff and he's a body but like actual body yeah he's an actual okay, body well, I mean, yeah they speak but a lot of that is also because you manipulate water, you manipulate sodium so much. A lot of that isn't, I mean, some of it, I'm sure, is fat. But a lot of it is like your body just after going through the, all that restriction for so long. Mm-hmm. You, and you open up your stomach to like all the things you were restricting for 16 weeks. Like, yeah, you can, your body's going to be like, what you doing to me? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's normal. Like, for me, usually within a couple of months after stage, I'm back up, I don't know, 15, 20 pounds. And like. I'll, I'll kind of cruise in that space until I go back into prep. So I tell people find like um, competitors usually find a range yeah, they try to stay yeah. in. Um, I've gone outside that range quite a bit in my early years. Same thing, just eating every and anything right yeah. after the show. And for women, it's even more delicate because our hormones go out of whack, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah, I mean, you just got to find like some people try to stay within five, 10 pounds. I ain't that person <laughs> on stage. I'm like, I'm up 10 pounds in like four days. So no, that's not me. Yeah. But it depends. And then like, depending on how soon your next show is and like how close you want to stay to, to being stage ready, um, that determines it. But yeah, so it's, I mean, 40 pounds in two days is aggressive, but <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> for a bodybuilder, I, I guess, like, someone that has all that size on them already anyway. Yeah. yeah I guess that's not too too outrageous yeah i guess so but i gotta ask like where is this drive coming from i feel like there's always another business venture for you like you said you have gym skirt you do your classes you have clients you have your own like workout plan you have all the videos online for workouts you compete (laughs) where is this drive coming from uh i think it's i grew up in a family business so i grew up working in a very like hands-on my dad does event rentals in freeport Mm. so at 13 12 13 i was out there putting up tents with the guys like he always kept us busy like and in his business you don't really have off days like the weekends are busy and then through the week is prepping for the weekend so i don't know i just think i all i'm 
good with being busy okay. when I'm not busy. And my therapist told me that's that's a bit of an issue. But <laughs> when I'm not busy, I feel like you need to be doing something. Like, yeah, I feel like I'm. I feel guilty sometimes. Wow. I'm learning to be better with it, but. I'm also doing things that I enjoy, right? And a lot of my projects connect. So you'll find like I'm doing like off the like stuff that isn't yeah. in my space. I do stuff I enjoy. Um, a lot of the stuff that I do are connected. And thankfully, like the health and fitness space, almost anything can connect to it. Because, you know, your health is and fitness is the foundation for like almost anything you do. You got to be healthy in order to be successful in or to be your best self for any project or any event you take on. So a lot of things I do, I enjoy. And a lot of times just a natural evolution too. Like I'm, I try not to force stuff um, mm. just because it's like, oh, this is the thing that's happening now in the fitness space. Yeah. Like if I'm not interested in it. It's kind of hard sometimes. I stay away <laughs> from it. Yeah. So even like the athleisure or athletic wear stuff, it really was my friend that, that pushed okay. it. Um, and I kind of came in as support for it. Okay. okay. Um, and I'm like, sense. I really want to do something with my friend. We've always talked about doing something together. And it just kind of naturally happened. It wasn't for us. It was just like she had this idea idea yeah. one day. She, and yeah, and she shared it on social media. And I hit her up and I was like, hey, like, let's do this for real. And she was like, you serious? I mean, that's just kind of how it happened. Yeah. So it wasn't anything forced. Um, but people have been asking me like, oh, why don't you do it for years? And I'm like, I don't really want to. <laughs> like, I have no... And I don't want to just do it because, like I said, because it 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 makes business sense or, um, like you know, it, it it could be profitable or like I want to do it because I actually enjoy it and because I can't be the one doing all the work. Like I want to yeah, be doing exactly. it and, <laughs> and not enjoying it. So, yeah, a lot of things is really just yeah. I just I enjoy I enjoy the process. I like business too. So. I guess, again, coming from a family business, I like the the process of having an idea or a concept and, like, bringing it to life. Yeah. Um, especially tangible things, but also, like, virtual stuff and programs, too. Um, like, putting all that work into something and then having someone go and spend their hard-earned money on exactly. <laughs> on what, you, what you've created and your idea. I think that's always a fulfilling part for me too so that keeps yeah. me too and then the community keeps me accountable they're like yeah we need more videos we need more like YouTube yes, you do. YouTube is vicious you do. with workout videos they be roasting me like yeah you didn't post nothing in six weeks we wait in <laughs> I'm like alright I got y'all but yeah, yes yeah, so I think that's just it like I do what I enjoy and I actually like the process of like creating things cool cool what I also do like about your platform and I should thank you for this actually Wow. Is how <laughs> open and transparent you are. Really? I think I'm a very private person. I feel like, <laughs> I don't know, ever since you launched your Sex Pretty podcast, it seems like you... Oh, yeah. The podcast, you, I'm a bit, yeah. Like that first episode when you talked about, I guess, the loss of your mother mm -hmm. and how that kind of brought your family together to push forward. Because I know, I experienced that feeling as well. In college, I lost my sister and my father. So My condolences. Yeah, me too, to you. And yes, it's either it comes to a point where it's like you mourn and then you either go down a path that is positive or negative. It usually isn't something. Where what do you just, feel like pulled you through that hard time? Um, I would say probably Flip, flipping, flipping the interview question. I see that. <laughs> I see that. But anyway, I'd say getting more connected with my mother and then just finding things to do. Like I went to the gym as well. Okay. I went to the gym. I pushed. I was, I had to take some break off from school because I was like, man, I could fail if I oh, <laughs> stay in school. I'm like, yes, I could fail. And then I played football with my other goals, Cadero. And 
that just helped me to do everything that I needed to do to get back on track. Like even I was terrible in football. I was like, I had to relearn how to catch and all that other stuff as well. Yeah. But yeah, so I just pushed forward and I when I heard your story, I was like, she talking to me, Jared. Yeah, I, think, I think a lot of people could <laughs> She's resonate. Talking to me. Yeah. A lot of people resonated with that. You know, I've I've told that story a lot mm. um, over the years and a lot of people say they, they can relate, even if it's not through the gym that yeah. they found that space, it's you know, some other outlet they found that help them through so yeah i mean okay i am a little transparent on that yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean that was a good one and i appreciated it and i felt like with that it also helped people as much as it does with your workouts and your programs i feel like people are like okay i, I see that she is personal like and actually mm-hmm. some i'm someone out, outside of the fitness coach yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah yeah she's kind of a therapist too what what's going on now i, I didn't I would, expect I that not take that role <laughs> <laughs> no 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 not the extreme level but yeah, like yeah. with your poor guys you could just you know talk to people like how you do with each of your guests and all that and i mm-hmm. feel like that brings more relation to the viewers as well yeah for sure and i think that was the that was the goal behind it too, like getting people, getting women from different walks of life that the viewers, especially women that are watching, could see themselves in. So I had like a range of new moms, um, yeah. you know, people in the wellness space, coaches in the wellness space. Um, who else I had on there? Anyway, you you saw some of the people, yeah, but yeah, yeah. So I tried to get a range of people, um, younger, um, older, so that people could see themselves and relate and like feel like, okay, I'm not alone in what I'm going through or um if they've made it through something they you know they have that appreciation as well so yeah yeah and i even see them say oh i actually connected with you through your workouts like the ones you posted online they're like okay i see her there so how do i get in contact with her so i get have a conversation yeah i actually had um a couple years ago two years ago these ladies from north carolina that have been doing some of my step workouts on youtube they hit me up i got an email one day i was like hey we want to work we want to come to the Bahamas and like film with you. Like, can we do that? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> so like they came, they made it a whole like vacation. Like they saved for a weekend. Yeah. I picked them up. Um, we filmed three workouts and then of course they were like super excited. They shared it when, once it went live, they shared it with like everybody they knew. And then a year later they came back for a Bahamas Fit Fest. Okay. So, these same, so it's just like, it's interesting to see how people come into the community and like, the different places they touch exactly. or you yeah. know, the different points they touch and again spending they spend a good amount of money <laughs> getting flights and, and hotels and um and all i'm that sure it's worth so. it i'm sure it's... i'm sure too they got a deal yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i think um i'm 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 appreciative for all the all the people i've been able to connect with because of the platforms and like um People that I, people in the weirdest places, like people be leaving comments that I can't translate because yeah. it's in like completely different languages. And I'm like, I never thought when I started it that that would be, it just was like, oh, okay, I'm possible. This, this makes yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah. Like I'll do it because I'm already like filming videos. Like why not do YouTube? Mm-hmm. But um, it's been, it's been really interesting and, and really humbling to see like how far the reach has, has gone. Yeah. I mean, you could talk about the video where you, you even got in touch with Cardi B at some point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's trying to be humble um, now, humble bro. So, yeah, I, I, that whole experience was wild. Um, that was 2021, I want to say. 2021. Okay. What are we in? 2023. Yeah, so 2021. <laughs> <laughs> um, this, so this was still, you know, we were still pretty, I wouldn't say pretty deep in COVID, but we still had like testing, regular testing, yeah. to fl- like to fly and all of that too. 
And I was, this is when, I think she had just won the Grammy for WAP. And okay. Then, and then Up had just got number one on Billboard. So she was in like a real win-in season. I got an email from this random person who I found out obviously was her manager. Um, and he's like, hey, I have a client coming in. We're staying at Albany. Um, we want training for two weeks every day. And I was like, who is this? So of course I didn't, <laughs> before I even respond, I like searched his name up on online and I found out he was the manager at the time for her. Okay. And he had worked with like Drake, um, Lauren Hill. So now I'm thinking like, who is this client? Yeah. Um, so I told my husband and he's like, oh, it's going to be Cardi B. And I was like, no, nah, I don't think it's going to be Cardi because she don't strike me as someone that wants training twice a week. Like she's, she can go and get surgery. Like what? <laughs> she in, <laughs> she in, and she's open about a surgery. Yeah. Like, she don't strike me as someone to do it. So he was like, yeah, I can be her. I was like, whatever. I had, so I wrote back. I confirmed some of the dates I was away. I was in Vegas with my friend, my same best friend. I started the clothing oh, line wow. with, by the way. Yeah. Um, I was going to be in Vegas with her for a couple of days. So I told him the dates that I could do. And he was like, okay, perfect. Um, I've worked with Albany for a while when I first moved. So I was familiar with their managers and stuff. So I reached out to them to see if I could get into the gym. Mm-hmm. That fell through because they were like, well, unless you plan to come and work back, work for us again or work wow. with us again, we can't let you use the gym. So I was like, okay, no problem. Uh, wrote wrote back to the manager and I was like, well, I could bring my stuff to the condo. He was like, yeah, that's perfect. No problem. So we set it up. And on the flight back from Vegas, um, I get on, I get the Wi-Fi. I get on my computer. I start sending emails. I'm like, okay, just confirming because mm-hmm. I was supposed to start with them the following day when I got back. Yeah. And still don't know who it is. Still wow. hasn't told me who it is. Yeah. He just kind of told me what the goals were, whatever. So when I'm on the flight, I get on social media and I see her posting on the beach and i was like hold on <laughs> i look look at the video again and i see the you know albany got these orange umbrellas and i was like this is like i got albany umbrella so i was like <laughs> oh my god this probably is oh but i'm training so got there the following day parked um sent the guy a message and he was like yeah okay i'm gonna send you this form and on the form it had personal training and card to be and i was like okay <laughs> like this is happening yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it was it was a cool experience. She's not as definitely not as like loud as and like out there as she yeah. portrays. Yeah, it started. I trained her for two weeks, so the second week she kind of started to warm up a bit yeah, more, get more comfortable. Yeah, get more comfortable. Um, but yeah, it was it was a cool experience. She was really receptive. It was actually her first experience with personal training. Oh wow! And it's really cool now because I see her. She's in Atlanta now, and she's like doing a lot of training with like different coaches and going to different gyms. So I'm yeah. like, it's actually cool to see like that. I was her first experience. She was actually pregnant at the time too. I don't think she knew because <laughs> when she left, she announced her pregnancy a couple weeks later, and her manager said they were supposed to come back because she was recording an album. Oh wow! And that's why she was at Albany recording an album at the studio there. And yeah, so obviously she didn't come back because <laughs> yeah, she found out she, she was pregnant. And I was like, yeah, I feel yeah. like that's something you would tell your trainer if you knew that you were pregnant. So you um, feel like she knew. From I don't the think beginning? she knew. Yeah, okay. I don't think she knew because <laughs> yeah. she probably was only a couple months along. Yeah, um, she wasn't showing. So I was like, when I saw a couple couple weeks later, she announced it. I was like, what? <laughs> that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, but it was cool. Um, party was there too. Um, not training, but like. I saw him a few times. Um, oh, Lord. Partisan Fontaine. <laughs> <laughs> um, he walked in. Like, I guess he was there. Like, I'm assuming helping her write in the studio and produce. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, it honestly, I tell a lot of things, like cool things that happen to me don't feel real in the moment. Like, 
And so now that it's passed and I, I could talk, like, and not talk about it, but, and I've sat in it for a while. I'm like, yeah, that was cool. That happened, that happened. Yeah. <laughs> I trained Alicia Keys while I was there too. Well, while I was working at Albany. Okay. Um, and then I don't follow baseball, so this may not, this isn't super exciting, but Justin Verlander. He's a cool guy. He's a cool guy. I, I didn't really train him. I, I was paid to literally set up his workout and break it down. Oh. So he had a workout sent by his coach, and I just had to, like, set it up. <laughs> oh, wow. So with training guys, how, what, like, how is it different? Like, do they feel, like, kind of intimidated? Like, what happens? No. <laughs> is a there a difference of, so between if that and... Guys, a lot of times they, they ego lift, so they don't like to fail at yeah. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Which it works out for them because they're not going to tell me, no, they can't do it. So, <laughs> uh, But a lot of times when they when they approach me, it's because they want a, they want a female trainer for whatever reason. Um, some of them just, like I said, they, they know their ego won't let them. They, if Fail. it's you training them, they can be like, I ain't doing that, but like, come around it. But if it's me, they're like, uh, you know, they, they, ain't give me that, they ain't give me that pushback. Because right? yeah. I show on them, I could do it. I'll take the weight and do it. I do a couple of reps, and so they can be like, "Well, if you could do this, I have to be able to do this." So, wow. <laughs> but I mean, obviously, I'm not gonna give them a weight that I know they can't do, right? Yeah. Or if I see them struggling in the first two reps, I'm like, "Okay, we gotta go down." But I think for them, and then it's just like knowing that I know my stuff. Like it ain't like I, I don't know my stuff. I look like I know my stuff, and I actually do. So, yeah, I've not had any. I mean, I, at one point, I actually had more or close to the same amount of men on my personal training, like, roster as women. So, okay. I mean, with a name like Bowflex Barbie, I don't typically attract, like, <laughs> male, male <laughs> clients. But And they're not my, I wouldn't say they're my primary client, like, the mm-hmm. client that I'm going after. Mm-hmm. But I don't turn away. If they do come and they want to train, I don't turn them away. And okay. Yeah, I think they, they appreciate my approach. I'm not, like, a yell in your face and, like, scream at you and talk to you bad and, yeah. like, rough you up type of person. I'm like, no, this is the workout. I can push you and encourage you through it, but like, yeah, it you ain't, do it. It ain't yeah. no bunch of like, I don't know, beating the chest and like, I ain't slapping <laughs> you up and like, I ain't doing all of that. So, so hype you up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so yeah, I would say, I think for a lot of guys, it's like that desire to impress too. So yeah, they don't want to look bad, especially if I just do the, the same weight, you know? Exactly. <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> That's fair enough. Yeah, but I haven't had any, any like challenges with training men. That's good. That's For the most good. part, they actually, they talk less um, in the workouts. <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> For the most part, like, I feel like my ladies, like, I really go in whole hours of a conversation, which is, you know, it's fine sometimes. But yeah. <laughs> even between uh, even between guys, we'd be like, yeah, we could just talk about what actually happened in the moment. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's limited emotions. They don't on. talk as much, yeah. <laughs> I mean, when they get a bit more comfortable, a few, when they get comfortable, they'll talk more, but, or they'll talk to try to duck the work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause even when we talk about significant others after guys' night, it's like, what you do? We hung out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we know. <laughs> but yeah, is there like any wish list or anybody you'd want to drain going in the future? Rihanna. I mean, she bought, but I don't know what the limit is on them babies. So, she have two, I think. She has two now, yeah. I don't know when she can stop, so I don't know. (laughs) She said she's still pregnant. What? Oh, I don't know. know. (laughs) She have an Irish twinsy. She just had to be. I know. I don't know. The first baby came like immediately. The second baby came immediately after the first baby. Not immediately. Well, like a couple of months. Yeah, she took a couple of months. 
That's not immediate. <laughs> Rihanna's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah, but I, 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 she's like a, she's a top one just because I, like, I respect her and I admire her as a businesswoman and like the fact that she's authentically herself. Yeah. Like I, I like. So I know she's Caribbean. I'm like, let's link up. Trade ideas, you know, <laughs> build together. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I would say her. Um, I want to work with Meg too. Okay. I know she's in like she's in her fitness bag right now too. Mm-hmm. So she would be cool. Oh Who? <laughs> but she in a fitness bag? Who? If you're here, die. <laughs> he don't want party. That's what's happening here. Oh Lord. Yeah, I know yeah. he was not a client of mine. Let's, <laughs> he let's, was just there. He was there. He was he was helping a former client of mine yeah. with okay. her studio stuff. Okay. I don't know. I don't know about that man. <laughs> Fair enough. You know, say something else. Why you know when she got not for this body? Well, she got like microsection or whatever. I believe it. I mean, I mean <laughs> it's what it is, I guess. I, I believe know. it. I feel like all the times get stuff done. Like, yeah, but I mean, if you're working out, you're working out. Yeah. I know with with Cardi's thing, it wasn't even an aesthetic thing. She was like, she felt her age. Which I mean, she ain't old, but she's like she had to feel her body like changing and like she like not feeling healthy. And she's like, you know, you could suck, you could get liposuction and suck fat out of you. Okay. To body to look better, but you can't take fat from around your organs, like and like improve your health. So that was her thing. She wanted to actually be healthier and like feel better. Cause so, she like, she said she could go in under the knife, and she she open about going under the knife to get stuff done. So actually, let me ask you a question. How you feel? Oh Lord, I feel like I know what this question. Yeah, is. Go, go ahead. Go I, ahead. Gonna, I might have asked it too. Coming How, up, go ahead. How you feel? Because this is a running joke where they say a lot of female trainers and a lot getting of work done. Get yeah. Work done. Oh. And say, oh, I do all of this and get this body, but it's like, man, you better. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing. I have no problem with anybody getting work done. Like, okay. I'm like if you want to get work done, you have the means to do it. You want to feel better, look better, go ahead. What I have a problem with is when you're not transparent about the yeah. work you've done. And you yeah. try to, like you said, you try to pass off that you've built the body you have through your programs. And you're trying to sell people on this, mm-hmm. on this, this dream of they could look like you through following your programs when you don't look like you through following your programs. Exactly. Like, that's the problem I have. Like, if you're transparent, like, I've seen people in the, in the fitness space have had work done. And now their goal, I've seen at least two, three pages that do it. Their goal is to help girls that have had surgery maximize their oh, results. Okay. So they're transparent. I've had work done. There's a girl I follow on TikTok called the Fit BBL. And I'm like, I, I, could, I could dig that because, like, she is on a fitness journey. She's been on a fitness journey. Genetically, she don't have the build to get the shape that she wanted yeah. so she got surgery and now she's working out continuing to work out to maximize her results from surgery so she helps girls who want to have surgery go through the process of selecting their doctor she helps them once they've had the surgery go through recovery and like how do you now train so you don't have to go back under the knife in six days because you let on oh, six days but you know what i mean yeah and the maintenance yeah Cause you do have to work out because yeah. I'm just that you gotta get the rehab to where they be like pushing. Yeah, the your body. Yeah, and your body's not. If you genetically you were built a certain way, and now you're not built that way it's because of it. yeah. yeah, your body's gonna fight you and try to. The fat is gonna try to go back to where yeah. it naturally goes. So you gotta like they talk about like having to keep wearing the shapers and 
like you said, do the massages and the flush and all that. I'm like, that's a lot of work. You might as well just work out. But but my thing is, but I, I, I do get it. Like genetically, like everyone is built differently. So some people start their weight up top. Some people start at the bottom. And a lot of girls want that. Yeah. Store out the way at the bottom. Like naturally, some people just don't have it. And so, no matter how much you work, mm. how much you try, genetically, you may not get that. And I think as a fitness coach, you have to be real with your clients too in that way. I tell people all the time to come, but I want to look like this. And I look at them and I'm like, that ain't boss no. <laughs> like, can, can you help me? And I'm like, no, like this is not your structure. Like, and even if I can, if they have the structure, I'm like, the, the size and the amount of muscle that person in this picture has. It can take you about four or five years to get there. Yeah. And they ain't interested in that. They want it in four or five months. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, people tell me they won't look like me. I'm like, y'all, I've been working out 15 years. Like, <laughs> I can exactly. just start. <laughs> so even like getting into bodybuilding, I had a little, I would say a little leg up because I had a bit more muscle maturity than someone that was just starting to compete. And I'm, yeah. I'm like, that. And even that, I still had to work for years <laughs> to get to the awesome. pro level, right? Yeah. Um, for numerous reasons, because I'm a natural athlete too. Like I don't, I don't do performance enhancing things, which is not very common in the bodybuilding space, even for women. No, it's not. Not um, even in Olympia. Like I feel like everybody does. They that. are trying to, and I will say that. So the show that I did a couple of days after I earned my pro card was a natural show. Okay. And it was a natural Olympia qualifier. Oh, so wow. okay. they are trying to bring those more on stream because they understand people are abusing. Yeah. Especially they women. Get <laughs> yeah, they're abusing them and they're causing health complications and stuff. Mm. Like it's it's not making the sport as attractive as they want it to be, right? Yeah. So <laughs> they are pushing you know, natural athletes more, but at, at the end of the day you want to be, you know, people look at it, I want to be competitive and I don't want to wait five years <laughs> to be competitive. Yeah. So, you know, but and I tell people, you still got to do the work, regardless of whether you are natural exactly. or not. You still got to work. But obviously, to shorten that time that you, you yeah. know, what's going to take me five years may take someone two. Yeah. If they are. If they are. But yeah, I think you just got to be real with like what you want um, and how long it's going to take. Like, and then decide, okay, if, is it worth it? Like, if it is, then that's the route you take. Yeah. And even what you were saying, like, you have to still put in the work, like. Mm-hmm. I feel like some women, they, the ones who like always used to work on like, oh, I don't have to, I still can't get the body I want, get the surgery. Mm-hmm. And then it's like they ease up in the gym. Yeah. And then they might let <laughs> let themselves go in a yeah, way. Yeah, and then they got to go back under the knife again. Yeah. But it becomes a cycle. I think, like I said, I, I have nothing against, like I, I scared of any surgery that I don't have to have. Exactly. <laughs> so exactly. that's my reservation, but with, with surgeries, but I tell people like, if you have the means to do it and you feel strongly about it, like it's your body, like go for it. But like you said, like I tell people inform any decision you make, um, health wise, like be informed about it. Like do your research on the, the befores. Like what, what are you going to be doing before? What do you got to be doing after? And like, mm. be real. Like, are you willing to, and I, can you afford it? A lot of times people can't afford the recovery that comes with, yeah. Like these cosmetic surgeries because they true. are expensive. These yeah. massages, uh, you got to do all these massages. You got to stay in the place you do it for yeah, however for long. Like yep. Yeah. So it is expensive too. And I'm like, if I had my way, I would tell them like invest that money in just like building the best body that you could build with what you got. Like, okay. That's my advice. That's my two cents. Let me ask you a question. <laughs> so what do you say? I always have this conversation where I tell people like you almost. In your health journey, you almost have to find the diet for you. Because everybody mm-hmm. has, 
oh, you could try this type of diet and this type of diet, diet and but it's like you have specific genetics and you got to understand yeah. like what works for your body, you mm-hmm. know, and someone can just give you some like cookie cutter plan yeah i mean so there's there's in general there's healthy foods we know that like whole food that's mm. typically the right route to go now when it comes to like something as specific as bodybuilding are you on this like extreme fat loss or weight loss journey you got to become that broad group of like okay this is what's healthy now you got to cut down okay this is what aligns with my goals mm. and then from that you got to break down this is what aligns with my goals and actually works for my body type and for like I know for some people, like, you could say broccoli. You know, broccoli is a vegetable. Broccoli, for the most part, is healthy. Mm. But my body does not digest broccoli great. So for me to say I can eat broccoli every day, like, it ain't going to work. My body's not going to digest it. I can be, like, bloated and I can be feeling bad. So I got to find something else that has a similar nutritional value as broccoli. It's going to give me the same benefits, but it's not going to mess up my digestion so it's, it's similar to that but that takes time you got to figure you got to eat it yeah. to figure it out yeah. <laughs> so i agree you got um cookie cutter plans typically and there's a lot of people in the bodybuilding space that do this like they just give you a chicken and rice and broccoli yep. <laughs> <laughs> four times a day and you, and you will likely see some results because it's whole foods it's healthy food but mm-hmm. when it comes down to training for something super specific like you have to figure out what foods, what food groups work best for you, what doesn't work for you. Um, and then like say so what aligns with your goals. And when you're looking at the context of lifestyle, not so much getting ready for a show, mm. can I sustain it? Because Yeah, that's true. Like you said, like you gotta <laughs> Is it a healthy way yeah, to live? Is it a healthy <laughs> is it healthy, is it sustainable? Am I still eating stuff I can enjoy? Yeah. Am I able to go to dinner with my friends? Am I able to have a drink and not like blow everything out the water? <laughs> exactly. So yeah. I think, yeah, it's a combination of like, yeah, I'm eating for my goals, but I'm also enjoying the food I eat and I could do this for yeah. the rest of my life. Like, people, I could never do keto because I love carbs. Like, I eat carbs every single day. I don't even know if I could do a diet. Every all. single day. <laughs> um, they're like, oh, this is, the, this is the next best diet. This fasting, this fast. And I say, there's no, I wouldn't call them bad diets. I say it's only bad if you can't sustain it. If you could only mm. do this for the next three months, like, yeah. Don't do it because you can lose the weight and then what Put happens? It right yeah. No. So, yeah, I have no. I just like you said, you got to find a diet for you. Uh, what works for you? What you could sustain? What has foods that your body digests well that work well with your body that help you get to your goals and that don't feel like torture? <laughs> what are your preferred foods for you specifically? Are you talking about healthy foods <laughs> or like just in general? I mean. Let's go with both. <laughs> All right. So prep foods. I like a good, I mean, I like rice. I eat rice any, every day. So I, I do jasmine rice on prep and off prep just about every day. Um, veggies. I'm not a big veggie person. So I recently got, I got back into roasted broccoli. Um, yeah, that's the only vegetable I ate for the last like year. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, 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 I lie. I do like lettuce. I've been eating the salad, lettuce, kale, spinach, but I very rarely I'll cook it. Like if I go somewhere and they have uh-huh. it on the menu, like I'll buy it. But to say make a kale or something, yeah, no. Yeah, I don't I don't mess with kale. <laughs> um what else? Carbs, other carbs, I like sweet potatoes. That's really all I eat for carbs. Rice and sweet potatoes. Like healthy. Um, proteins, I do chicken, fish, turkey. I like me a good grouper. My last couple of weeks of prep, I have to do fresh fish, but you don't mm. know grouper expensive. So <laughs> I have to like mix in grouper and like a little bit of snapper 
Okay. Um, before that, I would just do tilapia, which is not very fun, but it's cheaper. Yeah, so. it's rough. Um, <laughs> no red meats? Uh, I'm actually not a big red meat fan. Not that I am against it. I actually yeah. ate a little bit today for lunch, but I don't cook it that often. So if I go out somewhere again, I may order it or like pick off my husband's plate. He usually gets a, a good steak. But um, I used to eat it when I first started competing. I used to eat it more than now. Um, but yeah, mostly chicken, fish, turkey. Nope. Um, unhealthy foods. <laughs> I eat pretty much anything. <laughs> um, I like a good burger. Sushi. Sushi's probably like my top. Like if I could it's splurge good, on it's stuff, it's, yeah, yeah, it's just, yeah, you know, you get when you find your, your places, you just stick with them. Yeah, exactly. That's me. Um, sushi burgers. I'm not a big pizza person, but I'll if someone buys me a pizza, like I'll eat it. You know, yeah. If someone orders pizza, I'm like, oh, you want a slice? Like I can eat it. Like why not? It's pizza. <laughs> yeah, fries. Um, I like a good wing. You know, crispy, a little spicy. Like now you can get me hungry. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, like, like that's pretty much like I'm going to eat out. I typically eat sushi or I don't do a whole lot of fast, fast food. If I want a burger, I want to go and get like a gourmet, okay. like yeah. a nice big, you know, where they put some the egg nice, and the, nice. yeah. all that good stuff on it. Um, a lot of people ain't graduate to the egg yet. So, you know, it's a lot of people yeah, ain't graduate like, to that. It's an yeah. experience. Oh, that's the only way to do it. That's where you going with you scramble egg on a... <laughs> That's what they want. Nah. I want to do it. Me too. I won't eat it. Oh, no, I'll eat it on avocado toast too. Yeah. Yeah. That's also like a sandwich, yeah. Yeah, I probably wouldn't eat a sunny by itself. No, 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 no. I'm actually not a big egg person, which is crazy because bodybuilding eat a lot of eggs. Protein. Yeah. I like force myself to eat eggs, but I would eat it on a burger. Um, yeah. I, I a good a good safe Chinese place, you know? <laughs> a oh, good safe Chinese order. Safe Chinese. Boy, I mean, you I know it's like another MSG. Your, gotta get your content house, man. I know. <laughs> I know. I, yeah. <laughs> Something I don't know. But, yeah, you get your food afterwards, you know. But let's go back to something more active, I guess. Because food is, I mean, I think the whole point of fitness, right, like, and your fitness journey when it comes to lifestyle is that you should still be able to eat these things that you love. Like we, we call the 80-20 rule. 80% of the time you're on your regimen. 20% of the time you should be able to let your head out and enjoy the food so you love. Your cheat day. Most, most bodybuilders tell you they love food. Like it isn't they do bodybuilding because they hate food. Or people in the fitness space, we love food. We could eat. That's why we got to work out. <laughs> because we Fair love enough. to eat. I think that, yeah. But I'm just, not even a bodybuilder, and that's why I work out. Yeah, you, you, and it's not so much earning your food, but like you know, you love to eat, and you want to make sure you're putting all these calories you take in, and you're not eating these stuff back to back every day. Yeah, unless you're the bodybuilder that put on fifty pounds in, <laughs> in two days. He different, though. he different. Yeah, like, that way he's be lifting all type of stuff. So I think just just having the control, like okay, knowing how to plan and prepare, and like okay, if I'm gonna splurge for Thanksgiving or for Christmas, like. Maybe leading up, I'm not going to have all yeah. these junk. I'm going to be more tight on my like, healthier foods. Plan then, around it. Yeah, plan around. I think that's the big thing for like people in the fitness space. We try to plan for our like splurges and indulgences. Yeah. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you got to enjoy life. Like, what's the point of having a, a good body if you can't enjoy it? Like, you're miserable eating. You get to use it. <laughs> Expand. Yeah, I want. I want to know too. I got a big old trying to say. 
Let's say you are more a little bit more spry and limber. Oh, okay. Okay, okay. Not like just being yeah. active. You use it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then you know you can go on photo shoots. You can oh, take okay. your shirt off when it's time for photo okay. Yeah, but you're miserable. Like, if you're miserable, that like I think you still need to have that balance. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I feel um, like some people actually like that misery as well. So that's yeah. Because some because <laughs> cases where people become like big gym heads because they quit some other addiction. So now this is mm. a lot of people in the gym are fighting things. And I tell I have a friend that's in. She's a she's a psychologist and a trainer. Okay. So she tells people personal fitness and the gym is not a replacement for therapy. But you got a lot of people that are in the gym trying to replace <laughs> the yeah. need. But like, yeah, it's gonna help you. It's a it's a it's a therapeutic environment. It's and it's a therapeutic all, tool, all. but it's not therapy. It's not a replacement for therapy. Yeah. Mm. And I was like, that stuck with me because I was like, you know, for the longest I thought, yeah, the gym is my therapy. Yeah. And I realized, like, no, Dika, you need to take your butt to actual therapy. <laughs> like, yeah. this is not a replacement. I've been in the gym for a long time, and it has helped me and been therapeutic, but it ain't therapy. So, yeah, I agree. Like, a lot of people in, in the fitness space um, are messed up in the head. A lot of bodybuilders, too, because you have that emotional connection to, I have to look a certain way. Exactly. And when I don't, like, no one's going to love me. Dysmorphia. No one's going to love me. Yeah, body dysmorphia. But even just the mental... Uh, and I get it. Like when I first started competing, I, I struggled with that. Like you look amazing on stage, and then two days later, you don't look like that. Mm. And like people say to you, "Well, you don't look like this no more." And I'm like, "I don't." <laughs> like you're right. Now I'm just like, "Yeah, okay, whatever." Like I, I've learned to deal with it. But yeah, I, I know people that struggle. They try to stay stage lean year round because they don't want to not look. They don't want to not look like that. Yeah. And I'm like. They want it to be eternal, yeah. I mean, yeah. for men and for men, that's safe. For women, it's us under ten percent is like you have issues because yeah, our bodies aren't meant to go below ten. Yeah. So our ten, a ten on a woman is probably like a five on a man, like five four percent on a man. Wow. Yeah. yeah we, and they say actually that's not sustainable. Yeah, no, no it's not. No. Like on stage, you have women that drop a little below ten for that like one day, and then usually by the next day, they're back. Like they. Have, back, to, yeah. have to put it back on because you start to have hormonal issues and other stuff going on. So because yeah. we're we're designed to carry children, and so we ha- we need to have a certain amount of fat to do that. To yeah. do that, yeah. But okay. Do you yeah. feel like that also comes from your competitive nature? You said you play sports. What what is what does your sports background look like? Honestly, were you the one who wanted to destroy the other team, or you no, were just? I honestly, competing? all my feedback. I played collegiate ball, so I played at all sports in high school. I played collegiate volleyball in Missouri for two years, okay. and all my feedback from my coaches used to be, "I need to be more aggressive." Really? So I, I always thought I was a very laid back athlete. My husband, on the other hand, would tell you I am a competitive person. I don't want to lose, and maybe I grew into my competitiveness. But he says he thinks I internalize my competitive nature like i want to win but i won't be like in you your show face. It, yeah, yeah. I ain't in your face like <laughs> yeah. talking smack and all of that but you calculate it yeah um so i don't know I, I think i don't see myself as like overly competitive but i do know i have a, like, in you. a degree yeah. of competitiveness i don't think it's extreme but i think naturally we all do though i think everybody yeah. wants to win like i don't think anyone's just like oh I'll go with the flow. I'm going to say anyone, but I agree. I agree. <laughs> I think most people want to win, and they just may express it in different ways. I think I'm I'm like a medium 
on a scale of low, medium, high. I'm like a medium level of <laughs> competitiveness. Oh, okay. <laughs> but even like in the health and wellness field and it growing so quickly in the Bahamas, that's becoming a pretty competitive space. Yeah. And even with women, it feels like y'all more competitive than men. Is it competitive or saturated? <laughs> that's two different things. I, I ain't say it. I ain't say it. I ain't say it. <laughs> the health and wellness space. I don't think it's super competitive. I think my. I think Ooh. it's saturated. I think. Cause Elaborate. I don't feel like it is now, but I think. Like, I think she's more directly like, into know, it too. Like, I want to know. I don't want to know what you mean by that. I. What I mean I by that so is I know. there's different. <laughs> I honestly believe there's a, there's a clientele, there's a niche, there's a lane for everybody. Okay. And there's look at the stats of our country. There's more people that need training than yeah. there are trainers. So I don't want to. I got I got to be calculated <laughs> with my words. Um, there's different price points for training as well, right? Mm -hmm. So you have a person, a trainer that'll charge you on the low end. There's people charging twenty five dollars a session. Okay. I ain't charging $25 a session. So I am not competing <laughs> with you for your client that wants to pay $25 a session. Yeah. You got me? Okay. <laughs> so I think in, in that too. And then people just, they know, you know, an Instagram trainer versus, we all know an Instagram trainer, someone that looked like they work out. They probably played sports their whole life, mm. um, got in the gym, genetics are on their side. They look great. Mm. They know how, they have a formula for looking great, but they don't know how to share that. Yeah. But because they look the part, which I, I I am all on board for, like, looking the part in the fitness space. I think it's a very aesthetic-driven space. Mm -hmm. um, there's a difference between looking the part and knowing your stuff. Yeah, And so you have exactly. a lot of people that don't know their stuff. And it, it's just a matter of time before the people that work with them Figure that realize yeah. that. And so I do agree that it's saturated. I do agree that there's a level of competitiveness in it. Um, and I've worked with and I've reached out and I've tried to work with people in the space, especially women lately. But like you said, women are we a little different. They're all different. Right? <laughs> I know, but I don't, why y'all don't like each other? I don't know. I don't know. I like everybody. I ain't about nobody. Um, and I work with women in the space, um, especially like I have a, I would say a soft spot for people that are just getting into. Like I have a few ladies that reach out to me to, mm. they want to get into the space and like they want some guidance. Um, okay. And so like I'm, I tell people, I'm the first, like people have this assumption that I'm not going to help or I'm not going to assist but i'm like no like i want to be that person that i needed when i got in the space and like yeah. nobody gave me any i figured it i took years to figure it out nobody gave me any guidance uh, yeah. like the little yeah. guidance that i got was from people internationally that maybe because they didn't see me as competition wow. or a threat but i mean i think like i think there's more than enough clients for everybody i think everybody has their niche like what's for me is for me what's for you is for you mm -hmm. and i see nothing like if our if our actual goal is to help people become better like we could do more together exactly like, i feel like even if it's just friendly competition i feel like that's needed to help yeah you need options up. like i i tell people i don't want to work with everybody either like i've turned clients away i have fired clients i'm like i will refer you to somebody else yeah. um and i have a network of people that i reach out like hey do you have availability like i have someone that wants mm. this this time or like i can't everyone there's windows for training right yeah <laughs> which is why i got into the online space too but I can't train everybody that wants to work with me, and I can't train everybody that I want to work with either. So, like, if I have a network of people that I could refer to, like, there's no, that's not going to hurt me. <laughs> Whereas some people just would be like, no, I don't have it. 
good luck. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, find yeah. somebody else. Yeah. I ain't referring nobody. I don't really. Yeah, you but know. I, don't know, I think it's just. We call it what the black crab syndrome. Like we don't yep. want we want to see you doing good, but not better than us. Yeah. I'm just like, like I, I, it doesn't take anything away from me or from from you to help someone else get a leg up. Like exactly. Like at the end of the day, it, like what's for them is for them. What's for you is for you. Like like even like I said with your journey, I can see the way you onboard people to what you're doing. Just like how you said with your friend, y'all did y'all apparel line. Even with the podcast, you like helped her propel people into the space like who just probably who just started or who you got to know along the way mm-hmm. and that's good yeah, it don't, it don't take nothing it, i i need the content too like it's, exactly. it's an exchange but yeah um you know a lot of times it's i do have the bigger platform but it's still their story is valuable and they yeah. they're gonna connect to people that i can't connect to they still have an audience that whether it's smaller or not like that i may not have reached without mm-hmm. them too so it's still a exchange and they see the value in it i see the value in it like it makes sense <laughs> yeah i agree i agree but we have one more question here if justin doesn't have any more questions i still do you do are you thinking <laughs> I, I know something good just, just a little messy over there yeah 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 yeah, yeah. i waiting on it that's why i asked <laughs> oh, <Lord. laughs> um i think that's around because it, like it did feel like for me, when they came back home in 2017 and started working out locally and like a veteran, it felt like it was a bunch of new trainers. And I was like, okay, they just have the title. Trend. They just have the title yeah. trainer. Like, you know, they're at the back and they, everybody wanted to be DJ and photographer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> everybody wanted to be a trainer. But um, what, are you, what is your suggestion on decreasing the diabetes rate and uh, overweight pandemic, pandemic that we have? Yeah, that's a bit. It's a a heavy question. Um, I actually worked as a consultant for the Ministry of Health in 2019. We ran a pilot program with, I don't know, about 200 people, free program for the public. They signed up online. We had free fitness classes across the island, at least seven a week. We had health coaching. They Mm -hmm. were accessible to health coaching, nutrition coaching. We started with 200 people, maybe 50 people finished the program. Um, wow. completely free. Like, um, but I think it's, it's a cultural thing. Yeah. For it's, sure. a, it's definitely a culture. It needs to be addressed at a national level. And I know the ministry is working on it. Um, the work, <laughs> you know. the work may not be as fast as we would like to see it, but I know they have stuff in place and, and they've been going through like processes to try to implement some sort of national wellness programming. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think it's a cultural issue. It stems from education. It stems from access to these things that they need as well. Yeah. But when you look at, we talk about access and you look at the program we did, like you have the access, but obviously there's a, there's a disconnect between having the access and yeah. the desire to actually change. Taking action. You know? Yeah, taking action. Um, I think there's it's at an educational level, there needs to be more done. Um yeah, it's a lot. It's it's such a loaded question. Like, there's so many angles you could take it, but I yeah. think definitely addressing it from a uh, what's the word I want to say from a, from a cultural aspect. Like, our culture is designed, and like the way that we utilize food, mm-hmm. we use food to celebrate, we use food oh, to yeah. mourn, we yeah. use food like, and the types of food is not 
it's directly linked to diabetes, non-communicable diseases like cancer. Like, and these are illnesses that, yes, well, they have some genetic, um, you know, some genetic ability, but like for the most part, they lifestyle diseases. They could be prevented. They could be avoided mm. through change in your lifestyle. We we eat a lot and we don't move enough. Like that's our culture. Yeah. <laughs> Speak to that lifestyle diseases because many people think oh, sugar Preach. in my family. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they is. think blood pressure in my family. They think what what else is we say it like kidney failure and all this stuff and yeah. it's like the. Diseases aren't genetic. The information is genetic. Yeah, the, the lifestyle mm, is genetic. Yeah, yeah. Like, you grow up eating yeah. Sunday dinner as a lunch every day for years. Like, what do you expect? Mm -hmm. And you're not moving. You're not working out. You work out maybe. You do keto for... Not just that. And you drink until you can't drink no more. Well, that's also culturally. Yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's different right if now. You ain't, <laughs> if you go out and you ain't drinking, like, what's wrong with you? Yeah, like, you just drink. I'm like... Yeah, I messed up my whole Friday at work because I was like, "Fine, drinking for a while," and they was like, "They ain't even going out <laughs> during lunch no you, more." You killed the whole vibe. <laughs> yeah, they like, on. <laughs> like how how dare you not drink? Exactly. So I think yeah, people think oh it's genetic, but if you take a step back, like you said, it's a lot of times it's man. Sometimes it is genetic, right? A few, I would say, out of the five cases, one may be genetic, right? But mm -hmm. there's also ways to ensure that even if you have a history of these things in your family like that mm -hmm. you don't have to die at a young age you don't have to be on medication for the rest like for your entire life because it is a, it's still a lifestyle influence disease so even if it is hereditary or genetic you know it's genetically in your family like the way that you cope with it and manage it is still linked to how if you feed in it or you fighting it right yeah so i just think like our like our culture is primarily structured in a way like that feeds these diseases like we know the the excess fats and yeah. like frying things and yeah do you feel all like the, all the good stuff that we love to indulge but we indulge way more than we should and we see it as a this is a normal meal than like we yeah. loving ourselves a little bit on a sunday like we're doing too much yeah because we're going we're going and getting two meat for sure two meats two sides who's <laughs> for me if you have chicken ribs then you have fish, fish. I ain't got all and that. then you might pork. have <laughs> a little bit of pork or something a little pork or something or oh, like shrimp in that. the race or pork in the race conk in the race or, or conk in the race or both this so it's like you have informed me. Well, they, we know that's a rich plate, but everybody... That's a very that's rich a, plate. Yeah, you different, man. You yeah, man. no, but people that's be eating... Yeah, that's, a, that's a Christmas plate. <laughs> Christmas you. plate, Thanksgiving plate, year-round. Some like, people doing that for I, real. I, I, yeah. know, I know, excuse me. I know people that do the heavy lunch. That could be a dinner. Like, that could be a, a dinner plate. They do that every day for yeah. lunch. I mean, yeah. my, husband, my husband used to be 300 pounds, and he said for himself, like, he would eat from the lunch lady on the side of the road that, like, heavy food... Just yeah. about every day after eating two Wendy's sandwich in wow. the morning. <laughs> like asleep at work. And then going <laughs> home and having another big, like, yeah. So he's like, you know, I know it's it's not uncommon. And people just see it as, I got to eat. I'm hungry. I got to eat. So yeah, but that's, you know how much calories that is? That's, that's enough calories for like three days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like. But yeah, I think it's it's a, it's an educational thing. It's It has, there has, there has to be a connect between realizing where you are and realizing that where you are is setting you up realizing that even if you do have them or they haven't they're in your family that you could manage them if mm. you 
make better choices, having the desire to then make these better choices, having the guidance or access to the guidance, um, and then actually doing it. Yeah. Like, and all of that has to be a process. Like, it can't, it isn't going to be done in a year. Like, I think from the government standpoint, it's going to take time to implement the policies, right? But I think as a fitness wellness community, like, we have the platforms that can help educate and, exactly. and motivate and, like, um, you know, get people at least starting to start that process of actually actually realizing where they are and where they are feeding or fighting these diseases mm-hmm. and then giving them as much as we can as far as, like, tools, whether that's whether they're paying for it or, like, just through following our journeys and following the, the journeys of our clients, like, having them realize they could turn, they could change from where they are and, like, yeah. get on that path to where they need to be, so... Yeah. I have one more question. Oh, I love it. Also, I want to ask this from the okay. from the thing as well first. Uh, you said you started, y'all had that program for the 200 people. Mm-hmm. I was it wondering, may actually be more than that, but I'm thinking it was 200. Yeah, I was wondering if that might have been uh, probably a bit too much for them at the start. What if it would be somewhere we just start with like one simple step where it's like, okay, you're at work, one o'clock comes, everybody take a 15-minute break, you walk around do whatever, and then you could come back and do your work. What if we start with, like, one simple step? With who? Well, I guess just everyone just make it, like, a mandatory thing. <laughs> <laughs> like, how was it Spain? They sleep at a certain hour? Yeah, stuff like that. <laughs> like, I think it's, like, a few, like, I think my, Fortune they, 500 companies that do, are, like, fitness stuff. They are. Like, I worked with a company here a few years ago that did an internal program for the entire company and it was very like steps driven you had uh-huh. to like in order to get points you had to do a certain amount of steps per day okay um they had fitness classes for them too and that was actually really successful and like for the most part the empl- employees bought in it was a six-week program they bought in for the entire six weeks they were competitive right and okay. then they was also winning money at the end <laughs> so yeah um i think if, if there's an incentive and that's how we are right we're incentive driven for the most part like we want to feel like aside from being healthier, we want something, we're going to win something else. Right. Yeah, so we're, we're heavily incentive driven, but yeah, I mean, I think like you said, small steps, having access and, and being able to learn these small tips and steps is a big yeah. thing. Um, but yeah, I agree. Let's make a mandatory 1 PM step break. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm I think. Yeah. I'm with it. Okay. So, you might want to clip this. So, what advice do you have when you live in a household and you're the fit one, mm-hmm. but the other people that live in the household are massively unfit and unhealthy? Massively. So, I have <laughs> I have a friend that worked with me for a while that was in this predicament. I mean, I wouldn't call the family massively unhealthy, but she was on a she was like extremely into fitness. She had just got into the training space as far as like working as a trainer, but she had been on her own journey for years. And now, and she was away. She moved back home um, into a home with a family that bakes and cooks, mm-hmm. like, and no desire to really do anything health and fitness related. They have a treadmill in the house, but it's a clothes rack. Like, Bruh, is that a thing? <laughs> Why <laughs> yes. everybody do that? <laughs> yes. So she she struggles with this, and she but she decided she would take it on as a challenge. Like she didn't it didn't uh, it didn't deter her. She's very like strong willed. So they was cooking and baking, and she could avoid you know not indulging in them. 
But she took it on the challenge to like get her parents walking and get her sister walking with her, like getting them active. And I mean, it wasn't she wasn't super successful, but <laughs> she took it on as a challenge. I think it can be hard. I don't know if you're asking it from the point of the fit person struggling because of the family. I mean, just overall, how they deal with that dynamic. <sighs> I think it depends. I think everyone's a bit different. So I grew up in a very health conscious mm. family. Mm-hmm. I married somebody that was in the bodybuilding space. So they, they can understand, like, if I prep and don't bring home no pizza, like, mm. don't, yeah. don't, don't play me like that, right? But you have some people that are on a health, you know, to the less extreme, that are on a health and fitness journey or a weight loss journey, and their family knows, but they would still bring home all the treats and all the stuff mm. and leave it in the kitchen, leave it in the fridge, knowing that it's going to tempt them or whatever. So I think everyone's dynamic is a little, is a little different. I think you have to acknowledge what that dynamic is and then try best to navigate <laughs> and, and have those conversations. Like I've had, I had to tell my husband this, this year prep, his daughter comes with us every other weekend. And so sometimes he'll order her food, whatever, whatever. Mm. They brought home a pizza. I was like early in prep. They brought home a pizza. I was maybe four weeks in. And like, listen, I ain't a big pizza person. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. if you buy it you and try, it's sitting in the it. kitchen, I can it. eat a slice. So I'm like looking at this pizza and I instantly got like upset because I'm like, why would you bring pizza? I didn't say that. But I said to him, I said, hey, going forward, I don't, I don't care if y'all eat pizza, but can y'all like eat it? not yeah, here yeah, like y'all yeah. go out and eat it like sit in the restaurant and eat it so i don't see it because i know as strong will as i am like it's it's it's, it's hard tempting. it's emotionally draining to smell and see pizza yeah. in my kitchen and i can't eat it mm. so i can stop myself from eating it but i can be mad for the rest of the day and nobody mm. wants that so i would say have those conversations if you're in a dynamic like that like where you're on a journey fitness journey you know you are trying to avoid certain things and your family may be bringing these things in Mm -hmm. they may not be on board on the same wavelength as you have those conversations and try best to like work through (laughs) those challenges Mm -hmm. i know that may not go over as smooth (laughs) for everybody but like have the conversations um and then see on your part how you could navigate too. Like if you know on Friday nights they can have a spread, maybe you don't go home mm-hmm. while the spread down. You know, maybe you find something else to do. <laughs> wow. Okay, what about okay? Oh, Another scenario. <laughs> so your partner telling you oh. what you going to the gym for? Who you trying oh. to get sexy for? Right. And they home being a couch potato. Yeah. Like how you tell that person to navigate that situation? I um. I would say that person has some insecurities, obviously. Mm. Um, but if this is someone that you love and you want to stay with, <laughs> like relationship advice, have the have the again have the conversations. Like mm. try to get to the root of the issue. Obviously, like, if that person is not on the same wavelength as far as working out, being active, like I would say, try to get them. Even if they're not going for any aesthetic goal, like mm. we know the benefits of like being a couch potato versus just just moving something. your body more, yeah. like. Mm for avoiding those um non-communicable diseases like cancer high blood pressure all that stuff like you know the benefits and i tell people try to spin it in a way not so much like you need to do this for your health but like if it's your significant other like you know i love you and i want you to be around for a long time and i want you to be in good health and i want like if you love me you should want to be healthy for me yeah Yeah. like you can't be your best self if you on the verge of diabetes like (laughs) like like at the end if if you want to answer that question, they say, what you going to do to work out for? Like, I, I need the mental release. I need 
I want to be healthy. I want to be healthy, you know, bring kids in the mix. I want to be healthy for my kids or for my future kids. Mm -hmm. um, I eventually want kids and that requires a healthy, strong body. So, I mean, that, you know, there's ways to finesse the conversation mm. <laughs> that are all true. There you go, Justin. Right? <laughs> it ain't got to be a, well, I get sexy because whatever, whatever. <laughs> like, it ain't got to be no, like, snappy conversation. But, like, find the angle that is going to go over as smoothly as possible. That's also true. And there's a lot of different ones. Like, we know the benefits of working out goes beyond aesthetics. So, like... yeah. Looking good is a byproduct of working out, but like you need the heart health, you need, you know, the endorphin release. Like there's so many other benefits too. So yeah, try to highlight those instead of the aesthetics if that's the angle that that person is coming. Because sometimes I just be like, this sound I, like a person. Like no, 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 like no, 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 Go sweat up and get, you know, perfect. They sexy with you home. You know. Teach you know If they comfortable you know? where they at. My thing yeah, is, if, if you comfortable where you at, uh, you're happy where you at, that's one thing. Mm. Don't try to stop me because I, I, I'm i not. Or mm, I'm trying to be fair. better. Like, that's the issue that I have with that dynamic. Like, and I have clients like that. Like, people mm. that on, they've been on their journey for years and they're trying to get this and they figure out how to do something. Even if it's not the same thing they're doing. Um, but that's the thing that also does not hindering them from doing what they doing i'm like i could like as much as i want them their partner to also embark on a journey of their own like i'm also happy they're not standing in the way of mm. that person's yeah. journey you know mm. yeah most definitely i ain't got no more questions <laughs> <laughs> i'm ready for the next one i ain't gonna lie. Yeah, no, but that, that's I, a big that's a big issue though yeah. like you have people that like i know divorces have happened from bodybuilders yeah. like because mm. of that dynamic of one person's in prep and the other one don't you know wanna, don't want to bend yeah like yeah. don't want to for the next four months doesn't want to stop eating whatever that, that or, chinese on fridays yeah <laughs> one partner getting more attention added attention than the other and they can't deal with that wow yeah i think that's that's the insecurity like yeah. i got nothing to do with them they can't they can't help they look good i mean i guess they could i guess they could <laughs> i guess they could but <laughs> But yeah. one one last final question we have tradition on the show. Mm -hmm. We want to ask what it is you're most fanatical about in your life right now. What am I most fanatical about in my life? That's a deep question. Yeah, man. Mm. What am I most fanatical about? Um, I would say evolving. I, I am like most that. fanatical like about evolving and growing in all areas of my life. That's my personal life, uh, my relationships, um, the people that I'm connected with um, in business. Like, I just feel like, you know, if you ain't growing, you ain't evolving, then what are you doing? What's the purpose? Like, that's that should be the goal until we leave, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I feel like the end of the year, you know, the end of the year, you're always charged up about, like, what's coming up well, next. Yeah, 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 so I'm excited about just continuous, continual growth and continual evolution. <laughs> cool. It sounds what like... What are you most fanatical about? Oh, wow. I didn't expect that. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't expect that. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't want to say the of, same one of, one, of the things, one of the things you're most fanatical about. One of the things... Mm. Just building this podcast, I would say. Hey. You know? How long have you had the podcast now? I know you have mm. a lot of episodes. Yeah, we've been going since 2020. Nice. Started in the pandemic. I admire it's the consistency. Baby. Yeah, I mean, we, we try, you know, we're trying. Trying to get it better every day. It's like, 
what can we get better at? Like, what small area is there to just that's allow evolution. it to progress? Exactly. Yeah. So I didn't want to say the same answer, but I you ended up did. there. It's fine. I ended up that's, there somehow. That's the foundation of, that's the foundation of uh, being goal-oriented, being driven. Exactly. Yeah. And it sounds like even with those answers that we just getting started. So, you know. Yeah. There's still more room to grow. Still Always. room to get better. So. We appreciate you for coming on the podcast. My pleasure. Thank you for um, having me. Thank you. I appreciate it very much. I know Justin appreciates it. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but yeah, that's another episode of Fanatic Islanders. I hope you all appreciated it. And we will get you in the next one. Thank you again, Mr. Kel Kwan, Flex Barbie. You. Tell them where they can follow you at. Sure. So you can connect with me on Instagram at Bowflex Barbie, on TikTok at Bowflex.Barbie. Um, what else am I on? YouTube <laughs> at Bowflex Barbie Fit TV. And my website is BowflexBarbie.com. All right. There you have it. We'll see you all in the next one. Bye. <laughs>